Hey, what's up? It's Kat Jones, your host. Today is January 30th, 2020. You must be the change you wish to see in the world. And this is Queer All Year. Hey, what's up? This is Kat Jones, your host of Queer All Year. Today is January 30th, 2020, in case you didn't listen to our intro. And I am joined, as always, by my bro and sound producer, Ryan McGee. Gandhi got these glasses from a parrot that was Moses. I need more to that story, but I guess maybe that's for later. Uh, that ties into Gandhi, which we are talking about today. Witch. Gandhi's not a witch. Gandhi is a who. Uh, I am a witch. Our Facebook page, if you'd like to join it, is Queer All Year. And our group is Queer All Year Fam. And we would love it if you guys would go out and like the page and join the group. And get in on the conversation about things like Gandhi being a witch, apparently. And uh, getting in trouble for saying that. Our Twitter and Instagram are both Queer All Year Pod. And you can tweet angry things at us about Gandhi there. If you would like to contribute to our Patreon, that is patreon.com slash Pod. Right now, out there, we have, I believe, a Downton Abbey episode where I just got off of seeing the movie and ran over here and recorded just a whole podcast about Thomas's storyline. Um, we have a sort of weird episode about the UK homosexuality laws, I think through the Tudors. And I am definitely going to be doing an episode about uh, the growth of toxic masculinity and how it used to be totally okay for guys to like hold hands and hang out and whatever. Uh, and now you have to sit, like, with a chair in between you because you're not gay, bro, or whatever. Um, so those are really interesting. I think I think they're interesting. You guys will think they're interesting. Um, a big way you can help us is to subscribe to the show and rate it on whatever podcatcher you use. Especially Apple. Apple reviews help us out a ton. They boost us up in the ratings. They let Apple know that people are listening and people care. And you can give us constructive criticism there. But it really only helps if we get a five-star review. Because that's the only thing that Apple cares about. You can give us a four-star review, but it's not going to count toward anyone thinking that you like us. So to really help us out, you can give us a five-star review if you think we're worth it. Uh, You can subscribe, and it would be so great if you could share. This is a total grassroots podcast. We are mostly getting the word out by inviting our friends to listen and then hoping they tell other people. So, hey, friends and family, uh, go tell people and get people to listen. Because, like I said, we're not buying ads. We're not forcing ourselves on people, maybe eventually, but not yet. We would just like to build a, an audience of people who'd really like to learn about queer history every single day, which is maybe a big thing to ask, but I, I mean, they're short episodes, and I think you can convince people that they'd like them, since you like them. So, with that having been said, we are going to move on to our stories. Friends and comrades... The light has gone out of our lives, and there is darkness everywhere, and I do not quite know what to tell you or how to say it. Our beloved leader, Bapu as we call him, the father of the nation, is no more. 
Perhaps I am wrong to say that. Nevertheless, we will not see him again, as we have seen him for these many years. We will not run to him for advice or seek solace from him. And that is a terrible blow, not only for me, but for millions and millions in this country. And that was the Prime Minister of India speaking about the January 30th, 1948 assassination of Mahatma Gandhi by Nathuram Godsey. I'm not going to pronounce these right. I'm sorry. Uh, Godsey couldn't stand Gandhi's stance toward Muslims during the partition of India. Now, the partition of India is a very dense topic. Essentially, it was the result of India gaining independence from the United Kingdom. It broke the region into India and Pakistan, leading to conflicts between the two countries that continue to today. The partition created a refugee crisis as about 12 million people were displaced along religious lines. So, you know, Hindus and Muslims and all that kind of thing. Just, you know, there were more conflicts because it was being broken up. So Gandhi had worked to gain the support of Muslims in the liberation of India. And as such, proponents of Hindu nationalism believed he was essentially a traitor. Um, when Godsey was, God, was caught, um, he was sentenced to death, and there were people who called for, the, for his sentence to be commuted, but on November 17th, 1949, he was hanged to death. So I am talking about Gandhi right now because the story relates to our next story, but I did some soul searching, um, and I decided I'd be doing a disservice to our community and to history and to Gandhi and all that to not mention Joseph Lelleveld's book, Great Soul, Mahatma Gandhi and His Struggle with India. Now, this massively controversial not-biography, as the author has himself claimed, has widely been reported to claim that Gandhi was bisexual and left his wife for, quote, a bodybuilder. Uh, the overhyped media pounced on letters published in the book that appear to show romantic affection for Hermann Kallenbach, who was a German bodybuilder. Now, when I read what I've seen of these letters through our modern lens, they do certainly seem to be love letters, but I don't know the state of male friendships in Gandhi's era. Uh, but like I've, I said earlier, we do see letters um, as recently as World War II that simply reflect a time before hypermasculinity when men could be affectionate with each other as very close friends without involving romance. Like, Civil War photos show soldiers holding hands. It's a long story that doesn't quite tie into this. So like I said, I would really like to make a full-length episode for Patreon, and I think that is a really interesting subject about how, like, no homo became a thing, and that's all. Um, the author of the book adamantly denies that he had any overt references to Gandhi's sexuality, and what I've read of the letters leads me to agree with him. I'd need to do my own deep dive into Gandhi's life, read all of these letters myself, and kind of put them in a historical context, and, as far as I know, and also translation, all that kind of thing. Um, so I am not able to make my own opinion. I know that the Indian government and the people of India in general were very offended by these remarks, and I am not 
trying to offend any of our potential Indian listeners. Um, I am just stating what was in this book and that I have not done enough research. I haven't been able to find all the letters to do that kind of dive that would confirm or deny what the author may or may not have said. Um, I just thought it was worthwhile to mention the theory um, because a lot of times our historical figures have their lives erased and their stories erased and then maybe during times when you know the LGBT scene gets big again then like they get exploited uh, which is something I, I see a lot so I wanted to bring it up it could or could not be true but I mean you know it's part it's a part of history and that's all we can do about it so here's how our second story ties into Gandhi uh, there is an organization called Soul Force, which is a United States-based um, organization that is working toward acceptance of the LGBT community, including intersex, which I love. Um, and they use uh, creative forms of like non-violent protesting, and uh, Gandhi is one of their big influences along with Martin Luther King Jr. They're very big into nonviolence. Um, it was founded in 1998 and they are probably best known for their two campaigns, Equality Ride and the Right to Serve campaign. So I'm not sure the Equality Ride is still going on. I think it is. But since 2006, they've been doing this where they get a group of um, young adults together and they get on a bus and they go to conservative Christian colleges and their goal with that is to start up a debate conversation, you know, non-argumental, like try and having a, you know, non-yelling you know, conversation about LGBT rights and you know, Christian acceptance of it. They're not, like, anti-Christian. They're, you know, your, your, your church can't accept LGBT people because here are all these other churches, and I think a lot of them are Christian. I, they're a non-denominational organization, but it seems like a lot of Christians join, and that really helps, I think, going to these colleges. I'm a little surprised that my college didn't get a visit. But maybe we're on the list. I don't know. We're pretty small. But they're also really big. They were in the Right to Serve campaign, which was a 2006 campaign that fought back against the don't ask, don't tell policy, which we talked about yesterday. That was something that Bill Clinton put in that says, okay, well, you can be gay in the military. We're not, we're not going to ask. Um, and you don't tell us. So if, if we don't ask and you don't tell us, then like, wink, wink, you're not gay. And you can serve. Which is just ridiculous. Like, you can serve if you're in the closet. Like, sh shut up. So they staged a lot of protests. They had people try and go enlist openly, though. Like, being openly gay or um queer in some way mostly it's like 
gay and lesbian, bisexual kind of. Um, they had some sit-ins, you know, not just like getting people to try and enlist. They had some sit-ins outside recruitment centers. They were um, endorsed by the Service Members Legal Defense Network, which I think is pretty cool. Um, they were really proud of them for trying to keep the military like a, an upstanding service, which is uh, still working its way there. But it really challenged the government, and I think it was hard for them to ignore. Now, Elaine Don Donnelly, president at the time of the Center for Military Readiness, stated, quote, I think the people involved here do not have the best interests, interests of the military at heart. They never have. They're promoting an agenda to normalize homosexuality in America, using the military as a battering ram to promote that broader agenda. End quote. She said that, quote, pro-homosexual activists are creating media events all over the country and even internationally. End quote. Duh. Um... I there mm, I don't like to say I somewhat agree with her. Um I think there is some it smacks a little bit of using the military as a larger platform for what they're trying to do. And I'm not saying that's bad, but I'm saying it's it does seem kind of like don't ask don't tell was a really easy thing to target that would get a lot of media. And but it did help. It helped a lot. Sometimes you gotta like tag yourself onto something big, and not exploit it, but like you know, kind of sound, you know, sound like you're really progressive with this big thing that you're taking on. Um, it doesn't seem like they had the biggest influence on repealing. Don't ask, don't tell. But they clearly did. I mean, they rocked the boat a lot, and I think it probably changed a lot of perspectives or made people think about it more. I don't think the legislation took that into really consideration from what I've seen. Um, but it, the Wikipedia page for Don't Ask, Don't Tell does have a very short mention about the Right to Serve campaign and Soul Force. So there's that. Um, there push was in September 2006 and Don't Ask Don't Tell wasn't repealed until September 20th 2011 so like I said not sure how much effect it had but it definitely started a conversation which is you know the big thing you got to start the conversation and then you got to yell at Bill Clinton for a little while and uh, then federal law makes all sorts of crazy crazy things um so basically, that was Gandhi tying into Don't Ask, Don't Tell through an organization that used his beliefs and teachings in ways that got them harassed and arrested and discriminated against in the pursuit of justice for our military and our LGBT service members who we are very proud of very supportive of and it is very important to keep doing this thing because of all the advancements it seems we've made 
toward allowing, you know, queer people into the military. A lot of it, I don't, I don't want to say a lot of it, but some of it is a facade. And we know that certain politicians think they have the power to push legislation through that they don't have. But it shows the discrimination that's still going on. So it's really important for us to continue this endeavor and make sure that we are being loud and proud, but also preferably nonviolent. Sometimes people say that you have to have a Malcolm X and a Martin Luther King Jr. in order to make changes, you know, so the, you know, do whatever you have to, and then the nonviolence, but still yelling angrily thing. Um, I would advocate for the nonviolence for anyone listening, and just so you don't get in trouble and, and get hurt, that kind of thing. But like I said, we're all important in making this an issue still, making sure it doesn't get erased because it's still there. For an example of this, I would send you to the Twitter of Katherine Schmid. Um, and she has a lot of stuff out there because she's an activist and she has this great video that int introduced me to her, which is kids meet a transgender soldier. And it's a YouTube video. There's a channel called kids meet. And so they met her and she talked about her service in the military and being open with her commander and all that kind of thing. Now that she doesn't have to deal with don't ask, don't tell. Um, and she talks about how there's still a, a real chance that she could lose her job, you know, at any time. And so uh, if you would like to check her out, her Twitter is at Schmid Catherine. It's at S-H-M-I-D-C-A-T-H-R-I-N-E. And she's a transgender U.S. Army soldier, and she is just incredible. I think um, if you go out there, follow her. If you go Google her, you'll you'll come up with all these great things. She's a wonderful activist, and she will really, if your eyes aren't open to the struggles of our, our service members, then she'll really open your eyes. Um, I think it's important to make sure these issues aren't erased. Because with things like the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, it looks like we're making progress. And while we are, sometimes it's only progress on paper. And it really helps to hear the stories of individuals. And I had done a call on Facebook looking for the experiences of LGBT people in our military. If you would still like to send those to me, I would love to talk about personal experiences you don't have to give me your name you don't have to give me any sort of identifying information it just I would really love to get a compilation of everyone's experiences as LGBT people in the military especially like if you're from a, an era before now and then now what the difference is and and what people are still facing. Um, I think that would be a really important episode. I have not gotten the responses I need to do it. So if you would 
please send it to queerallyearpod at gmail.com or to our Twitter or preferably join the Facebook group and maybe message us and just there. Whatever you would like to do, I'd really like to tell your stories because you are important. And if you're not in the military, you are important in advancing the rights of our military members and keeping everyone safe. They keep us safe, so we have to keep their rights safe. And we're all equally important to each other. We have to lift up our community. We can make history by getting rid of the stigma in the military in the U.S. at least. Other countries I don't really know about, but at least here in the U.S. So remember, you are important to that. You are making history, and we love you.